This is the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast, your go-to place for mindset transformation, self-empowerment, and personal development. I'm your host, Kayla. I'm a mindset coach for ambitious human beings who are wildly passionate about up-leveling themselves so that they can live a limitless life with ease. I'm here to show you how to create the life of your dreams and powerfully step into your full potential and, of course, live fiercely. So let's get started. Welcome back to the Living in Fierce Alignment podcast. My name is Kayla, and I'm really excited today because I have a special guest with me. Her name is Rachel. She's a 1-3 generator, and she's the creator and founder of Pure Generators. So I decided to invite her on because actually years ago when I first discovered team design, I was like Googling generators, and her website kept coming up. And once you go and check out her Instagram, you'll, you'll see she has a very distinct brand, so I never forgot her branding, the brand colors, and everything. And I was actually looking up some information about light language recently and one of her videos came up that was actually from years ago on her website and I watched the video and I was like okay that's it I'm considering this something that I'm responding to in my environment I want to reach out I want to invite her onto the podcast channel and have a conversation with her and so that's what brought us to this conversation today so Rachel welcome to the channel I'm so excited to have you here and I would just love if you can share with a little introduction about you know a little more about who you are where you are and we're just going to take the conversation from there. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Um, yeah, I'm Rachel. I run Pure Generators. It started as a blog about three years ago. And from there, it grew into a business. And it's what I do full time now. And I focus on the generator and manifesting generator experience. I am expanding into some new areas, too, that will include sort of all the design types, but that's really the focus of my business. And yeah, I guess for me, it's just been a journey of figuring out how to support myself doing things that I love that are creative and that feel good to me. And I haven't totally figured it out yet, but it's all an experiment. (laughs) Oh, I love this so much. So can you, let's like backtrack a bit. How did you discover human design And what was it like for you to discover that you were a generator? Yeah, I found human design right after I had left a job where I had burnt out pretty badly. And I just a bunch of friends mentioned it to me within a few weeks. And it was very odd that I hadn't heard about it because I'd been really into new age things and healing and astrology for years about at that point, about five years So it was weird that I had never come across this before. And the first time I looked up my chart and I was like, this makes no sense. I do not understand this at all. And then after the third time, I was like, okay, I should look at this a little bit deeper. And I did. And immediately when I read about generators, I was like, oh, that's the thing that I've been listening to. It just all made sense. It didn't feel like a new idea. It just put words to something that I was already feeling, which was really nice because when you don't have a framework around something, sometimes it's hard to trust it. And yeah, from there, I just started learning everything I could, but I started a blog about it really like a few weeks after I found human design. And I figured that I had enough to share about my own lived experiences that I I didn't need to experiment with it for a really long time because I realized, oh, I've already been living this. I was like, I think I have some things to share only about my type, (laughs) especially at that point. I only wrote about generators, um, which is 
in alignment with my design for sure. <laughs> that I do, I'm like, if I haven't experienced it, I can't write about it. Um, and yeah, from there, it just kind of grew. I just, I really love writing and I've always loved doing that. And I just kept blogging and started to branch out into some other things. And there were a lot of other people out there too. I was really happy to find that generators and manifesting generators were 70% of the population. I was like, this is totally viable. There's a lot of people who might be interested in this. So ever since then, yeah, I've just been talking about the generator and manifesting generator experience and making all sorts of different things, courses and subliminal audios. And yeah, there's just all sorts of things. I'm like nodding and agreeing as we go on here because I just get it like being a sacral generator like when you find something that lights you up in terms of creating it like you can just keep going right like that's that's the gift of the sacral and so I'm just like listening to you and smiling so hard because I get it. <laughs> it's true I feel like a lot of my friends in the human design world who are other types have already like built super successful businesses and then tore them down and are on to something new and I'm like I'm just getting started. <laughs> oh my God. So relatable. I totally get it. It is. It, I mean, this is, this is such a stereotype of, of generators or like sacral beings, I guess more generators because the many gens have more of like a pivotal behavior with their design, but with the generators, it's kind of this, like, I just imagine this like choo-choo train, like this train, like this long haul, like climbing up a mountain, like we're going, we're going. And for me, I feel like as an example, I'm a big podcaster and you know, I have what, probably 270 something episodes and it's been three years, but I've just been like consistently like doing episodes and it's just like, it's good. It feels good. You keep doing it. And so actually this leads me into one of the questions I wanted to ask you in terms of like, you found out you were a generator and it sounds like you were in, like you are in alignment and you were in alignment when you discovered this, but there's always going to be this deconditioning process. So I'm curious if when you discovered that you were a generator, did you notice that there was some deconditioning that you had to do? And like, what did that look like for you? Yes. I think this came into my life at the absolute perfect time because really what it did was it explained why I had just had such a bad work experience that I had just left. And any other generators know that stepping away from some kind of career or something you've been involved in in a long time in terms of a work outlet is very difficult. <laughs> like you really have to be so miserable to let go of that thing because that can be such an important part of who we are and just how we exist in the world. We really need that work outlet or some kind of energy or creative outlet so I was very, I was feeling very lost at that moment. I definitely had not been in alignment with my design for about a year previous to that. And so this explained why that had happened to me. And then when all of that clicked, I was like, okay, I can see now that I just need to do everything in my power to try to stay in alignment with this. Cause I've already tested out what happens when I don't, it doesn't end well. I end up just feeling really sick emotionally spiritually physically and it just sets you way back so I needed to spend that time healing from that experience that burnout experience and then yeah I've gone through tons of deconditioning since that happened I'm definitely not done even with probably my first phase of this there were certain things that made sense but having it make sense in your mind and actually putting it into practice is very different. So uh, a lot of the things that I talk about are things that I'm working on. So that 
that is very in alignment with being a one, three profile. I'm definitely not coming from a place of I'm the teacher and I know everything. And I figured this out. It's really not like that at all. I'll kind of figure something out, try it out. And then I'll share about it right away to everybody. That's one of the things I love about the one threes is like this, this burrowing, this like getting the information and then going and experimenting with it. And it's interesting because my boyfriend, he's a six, three splenic projector. And I even noticed with him having that three line unconsciously. And it's like, okay, if he's not experimenting, I'm like, you're, you're not allowing yourself to experiment. Like you literally have to go and experiment. This is why you're bitter is because that mm-hmm. three line needs to get in there and get messy. Right. And it was so funny because once I consciously pointed this out to him, he's like, oh my God. And then he goes and he starts experimenting. Right. And then he's, and then he's happy. He feels successful, recognized and all of that. And I'm like, yes, like that is one of the biggest things with the three line is like, you have to allow yourself to be a messy creative, like no matter what type you are, this isn't just like a generator thing. It's so true. It is really true. And it's, it's like when you're a third line and you're not letting yourself do that, something just gets cut off and things don't work. Cause I had an experience like that recently too, where I was like, oh, I'm going to focus on like, I've created all these things. I should just focus on continuing to sell those. I shouldn't make anything new. Like this is just crazy. And then after a couple months, I was like, I have to make new things. Like I can't, I'm just, I'm stifled. I'm dying. And yeah. <laughs> no, it is perfect too, because even again, for this, not just to be about generators, like that profile, I have a friend of mine, she's a one, three projector and she has a membership and she's constantly creating new things, experimenting, learning, and putting things into this membership. So it's like anyone who's a one, three, if you're hearing this, this is like basically a permission slip to just go and, and investigate, figure the things out, create your foundation and just experiment with it. Cause that's like literally your gift of like what you're supposed to be bringing to the collective, you know? Exactly. It's always nice for me to be with like six twos or people with six lines in their profile. Cause you guys are really good at zooming out and <laughs> sort of like giving your perspective on things, which is just something that I'm not designed to do. So it's a nice combination. But, yeah. And the thing is too, is like, that's one thing I love about human design is I love how earlier when you were sharing that you discover human design and then it just kind of gave words to what you didn't know how to express. Like, oh, I'm doing this thing. And now there's a framework I can explain it where it's like human design. It can, it can put us in a box or it can really liberate us in ways and give us permission. You know, like there's, you know, you and I were both sacral generators, but I'm a six, two, you're a one, three, we have different definition. Like you've got, you know, your just so everyone knows Rachel has her G, her sacral root, spleen, head and Ajna defined. And I only have my G and sacral defined. And it's like, it's how we show up. It's going to be so different. But the way that I do things is the way that I'm meant to do things. And then for her, it's like how she's meant to do things. And so this is why I love this work so much is because it really is just this like massive permission slip to, to do things our way. And I think one of the biggest things, I'm not sure if you're someone who does readings or if you've done readings in the past, but when I do readings, a lot of times people are like, when you look at my chart, like, what should I be doing as a career path? And what do you think about this? And I'm like, it doesn't matter what you do, how you do it is literally what this blueprint is for. You know what I mean? Exactly. And yes, those are questions I get all the time. And I'm sure it is somewhat disappointing to people to hear, oh, there isn't just this one specific thing. Cause it's like, no, that has to be something that unfolds. So just focus on how you're doing it. How do you feel the, what will kind of sort itself out? So 
Yes. I really, that's exactly how I think too. (laughs) So good. So let's chat a little bit. So I have a connection chart in front of us and uh, we have our connection chart here and it's really cool. Cause like looking at this, we, one thing I really love is that we our G center like together is like fully lit. Like all the gates are activated. (laughs) We've got channels coming off of there. And then we have three electromagnetic channels coming off of the root to spleen, which I think is really interesting. But the first thing I want to talk about is that you also have the 515 channel and I have it. And I noticed that we have the 10 and the 15 reversed in our unconscious sun and earth. So, yeah. yeah. So I'm really curious. I want to hear about your experience with the 515 and then I'll share. And I love that we're both generated, but we're both different profiles because this is again, going to just show like the spectrum of the energetic frequencies that are in human design. Yeah. I think for me, the 515, it's something that I didn't really notice until I started to see how people who didn't have it operated, which makes total sense because we just think everyone's like us until we understand that they aren't. So I live with two people, my partner and my stepson and my stepson has, I'm not good at remembering things, which is, which one is the gate of extremes? 15, 15. So he has 15 and I have five fifteen. And specifically with this channel, if you're around someone who only has one gate, it can be stressful or it it kind of creates tension because as the 515, we're always in our rhythm. We're kind of always in the right place at the right time. We're always, uh, basically for me, I, instead of trying to do something faster, the fastest way for me to do it is to get in a rhythm, even if that rhythm looks a bit slow. But I started to notice with my stepson who has that gate of extremes, it's so funny because he will go to sleep, like his sleeping schedule is just the nuttiest thing I've ever seen. It's all over the place. And once we understood he's 18 and once we understood that it was like, oh, that's fine for him. We don't need to stress about that. You know, if he misses a day of school once in a while, it's not a big deal. Like now he's not in school anymore. If that, if he's waking up at 6am one day and 2pm the other, it doesn't matter. But I started to notice that. And then also that he was just like always in the bathroom when I needed the bathroom or like always just like in my way when I'm trying to do it. And I was like, okay, yeah. Cause I have the 515. I'm kind of like fixed in my rhythms here. And he's just like kind of all over the place and doesn't have that full channel. And I found that people who when two people who have the full channel come together, they kind of like find a rhythm together. I don't know if that's been your experience, but yeah. No, I, I'm loving this because my boyfriend, I think he might have the, no, he doesn't. So he doesn't have the five or the 15 so that I totally dominate him with that channel. Mm-hmm. And what I notice is that, like you said, like, I'm kind of like grooving, like doing my thing, like finding my rhythm. Like even like we moved recently back to Victoria from North Vancouver and right away I was like found a rhythm and he like literally three days into him starting at a new firm, he was like, I just... I just don't have a routine. Like I can't figure it out. And I'm looking at him and I'm like my five times in, I'm like, why don't you try being patient? <laughs> like, how about, how about you just consider that we moved to a new city, like back to, we've been here before, but it's a new apartment, like just chill. Right. And so I, I really noticed that having that 515 channel, it's like, I can find a rhythm in the extremes and I can swing really hard in the extremes and like, go like, you know, super 
like in my business, like go to a point where I'm making absolutely no money and be calm about it and then go to like massive financial abundance and be cool with it. Like I can swing that way where I feel like other people might be like, oh my God, but I'm like, literally designed for this. Like, I don't know That's what to how say. I am too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's okay. It's just, uh, it's also, it, I feel like I've become very comfortable and I have other kind of cycly things in my chart as well, but just this idea of kind of these rhythms and cycle, because 515 is also deep connection to the earth's rhythms and the earth operates in cycles. That's what we live is in these seasons. So that idea of, okay, well, this is just the part of the cycle where it goes down and then it goes up and that's just the natural part of living on earth. Do you feel a intense connection to like animals and the earth and things like that? Yeah. So it's interesting because somebody asked me this because I have gate 19 activated, it's hanging. And I know that this is like the gate of sensitivity. And so this can also be very connected with like animals and children and so on. And I do find that I am. Like when I look at my childhood, I was always the one, like I lived on the ocean in the forest and my parents were separated. My dad lived like in the forest. And like, I was the one who'd be like saving animals. Like, (laughs) you know, the cat attacked the bunny. Like I'm going to go and catch that bunny and like save this bunny, you know, like this is literally the story of my life. And I've always had a lot of pets. And so I do notice this connection, especially if they're injured that I'm like, Oh my God, like I just feel myself really open up to that. So it's interesting that you asked me this because before human design, I would have not considered like, oh, maybe this is why, you know what I mean? So I'm curious what it's like for you. Yeah, I think it's similar was I never thought of myself as, oh, I'm like a super animal person, but I always had animals around me. And my mom is very, she doesn't have the 515, but she's very into animals as well. So we just always had these animals around. And then I think as I decondition, it's getting stronger and stronger. Like I had an experience where our cat ran away and she's not a cat that should be outside at all. So it was scary and we couldn't find her, couldn't find her. And then I just sat on the porch. I was like, I'm just going to send her a telepathic message. Like you need to come home. And within like five minutes, she came home and I was like, oh, maybe that's kind of how that works. Cause I just kind of could feel into where she was. And, and now as I, as I decondition, I'm just, I like, I'm going to get a dog probably in the next year for the first time in my life. I'm I'm just really appreciating the, the company of animals and my dad, genetically, he and I are very similar when you look at us. And so of course our human design is also very similar. So he has the 515 and he is also really into animals. Like he's really into donkeys right now. So I took him to this donkey sanctuary rescue place. And we just spent the afternoon like petting these donkeys and yeah. So as I decondition, it's definitely getting stronger. That is so funny. I love that <laughs> the donkeys. I don't know why. I just felt like that was like such a random animal, but like it's that's so, so good. random. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, this is so good. Okay, let's talk a little bit more about the 15 because I noticed that we have it reversed where I have the 1015 as we're going to dive into gene keys now as my radiance purpose. And then you have it the opposite. So I'm really curious, you know, you said that you've been diving into the gene keys recently, and I would love to hear your insights on that. Whether you want to talk about, you know, the 15, 10, 10, 15, or you want to talk about whatever with the gene keys. I just want to see, cause that's one thing I love. I talk about human design a lot, but I bring the gene keys into it a lot as well, where it's like, oh yeah, we're going to talk about the 15 and the gene keys, but then the 15 is in your G center and then it has to do with your identity and so on. So it's like really cool how we can have this fluidity. So let's dive into it. And I want to hear what you think. Yeah. So I started, I've had the gene keys book basically since I found human design. 
So I knew a little bit about it and I've definitely read the sections on the five and the 15, but recently I wanted to go deeper into it. So I took one of Richard Rudd's online courses in it, which was really good. And I think the the magic of his gene keys isn't so much in the writing that he does. It's in his speaking because he's just so good in his audios of talking about the gene keys. So that was really cool to experience. But instead of starting at the, with the first sequence actually started with the, the pearl sequence. That's what it's called. Right. Yeah. Cause I'm kind of new to this. Yeah, yeah no, so, it is. Pearl sequence. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like the prosperity and that kind of thing. So I don't know why I felt called to start there, but I did. And so those were some sort of like gates and gene keys that I was not as familiar with. Um, like one of the really important ones for me was the 53. So that was interesting. Um, and so, yeah, I'm not, I'm, and then this week I just joined the, the first sequence. So that's when I think I'll hear about the five and the 15. The first one I just listened to last night was the 25. So I'm excited to dive into that. So I don't really know too much about how the five and the 15 work as gene keys. Okay. This is cool. Cause it's something that I can explain to you then. So with the gene keys, the first sequence being the genius sequence, for you and I, so radiance and purpose, ours is reverse. So obviously you have 15 as your radiance and then I have 10 as my purpose. And so your radiance, this is about what grounds you like spiritually, mentally, and emotionally in life. And then once you really find the stability in there, the pathways between the radiance and the purpose is known as your core stability. And the purpose is ultimately like who you're being, which is great because obviously gate 10 or gene keys 10 is like in the G center is about, you know, your self behavior and so on. And so with the radiance, it's like when you are able to alchemize dullness in your life into, instead of looking at like the dullness of something is like what is possible. And it creates this magnetic effect where it's like, you can attract the things that resonate. Right. And that obviously is like coming from the magnetic monopole of the G center. And then you look at like fluorescence and the way that I interpret fluorescence is just like this glowing light. You know, when something is so magnetic, things are attracting, like there's chemistry, there's sparks and so on. And so then when there's stability in that, then we really get to have this, like the foundation to tap into your purpose, which the shadow is self-obsession when we're like obsessed about ourselves, paying attention to ourselves. Like there's this sort of shut off energy to the rest of the world. And then this naturalness of like, okay, well, instead of just being obsessed with myself, what if I can just be right. And obviously the, the highest expression in the city is beingness, right. And just like this ability to to not have to force things like it's a flow, it's a behavior, it's a being in the right time and at the right moment. And so I'm curious if even just what I just shared right now, like that 15 in your radiance for that, that spiritual, emotional, physical groundingness, like I'm curious what comes up for you based off this like little mini, <laughs> mini reading I just did. For sure. And yeah, I would say the main part of my journey is exactly what is kind of summed up here, which is enjoying the present moment, being in the present moment, not overthinking things, um, allowing myself to be where I am right at that moment and not questioning that, trying to push ahead or look behind. And of course, ironically, it's like I have a Virgo heavy chart to find head and Ajna, like serious overthinker, definitely prone to anxiety, all of these things. So of course, <laughs> that's what I would get as sort of the things that I'm here to decondition and, and step into this just like pure 
love and beingness and presence. So absolutely. That is definitely the journey for me. (laughs) Yeah. And one of the things too, that I love that you just said is that you're a one, three, right? So like these gene keys, like it's a 15, three and the keynotes or the keywords, or I guess, yeah, the keynotes are a little bit different in gene keys, but the three line, it says interaction for radiance and then the three line movement for purpose. But it's like, there's still going to be that experimenting energy. And it's funny because you talk about being present, being a one, three, like you can't get information from the future. You can't experiment in the future. Like it is a very present energy you know what I mean and it's so funny because as I was listening to you speak I was like oh my god this makes so much sense like one threes are so designed to be present like it's like what's here right now like where can I get my hands dirty you know what I mean yeah and it's like what's here right now like within me and kind of around me but it's so not about other people which is so interesting and that has been probably one of the hardest parts of deconditioning was I was raised by four line people, unconscious four lines. And so putting a lot of effort into relationships was just something that I really had taken on from that upbringing. And it's also a really beautiful thing. Like there's, that is rewarded in society for sure. So as I've deconditioned, I definitely feel like, oh yeah, I just want to be like in my space, introspecting and then trying things. And my relationships really, they're only good to the level that we can grow together and that we're kind of on the same frequency, which can feel kind of antisocial (laughs) in a way, but it's not, it's just, it's just a different way of connecting. So yeah, it's really this interesting thing where you're very inside yourself, but you're also very present with what's around you because it's like everything that comes into your sphere, whether it's a person, idea, thing you find online is there to help you experiment. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm loving this. And one of the things too, that I found, you know, through people sharing their experience being a three line is that I feel like because the energy is experimentative, if that's even a word I can use, there has to be a start and an end. And I've heard from people with the three line, it's like, okay, there's, there's a very, there can be like a very cutthroat, like, well, let's say when it comes to relationships or friendships or whatever, or like if an experiment is done, it's like, okay, it's done. Like there's a hard finish and yes. that's it. Like there's no like wishy-washy, whatever. And I'm curious if, if you find that that also shows up in your life in terms of energetic embodiment. Oh yeah. 100%. There's just a moment with anything, whether it's just something I've been interested in or a collaboration with a person where it's just like, Oh, that's over. And sometimes it's kind of awkward. Sometimes it's kind of hard. It's like sad to walk away from that thing because you're like, Oh, this has been so much fun. Like there's been so much here, but it's sort of like, once I've gotten to the bottom of it and figured out what's going on, it's like, Oh, time to go. (laughs) It's jarring. I don't really enjoy it, but I accept it at this point. Yeah, no, but I think that this is a really great thing to point out for those who have a three line in their profile or are like a one, three, no matter what your type, if you find that you are a bit like, you know, cutting edge, like, Hey, I'm Mm -hmm. done. Like we're good, but just like, think about it. You're designed to experiment. There has to be, you know, I think I'm literally thinking about like grade 10 science class. You're like, okay, you need a hypothesis and then you're going to test this. And then you're going to have like taking notes of the middle of the experiment. And then what's your conclusion. Right. And then it's like, well, you're done. You got to hand in the assignment and move on. Right. Literally (laughs) (laughs) such a good metaphor. (laughs) So 
one of the next things I wanted to chat with you about before we hit record, we we're talking about some of the things that excited you and you're talking about entrepreneurship. And then also you mentioned web three. And so I want to talk about web three because I've like kind of seen this show up online and I literally have no idea what this is. And I would love for you to just from the ground up in true one, three fashion, like share what, you know, what you've been experimenting with so that my audience knows, because I've never talked about this before on my channel. Yeah. I started to learn about all of this about a year ago and I'm definitely more excited about the concept of Web3 as a whole and how it's going to grow than maybe some of the ways it's been applied so far. So like NFTs, crypto, all of that's part of Web3. And basically, web, like Web1 started as like the, the read-write web. So, I, well... In a way, kind of just the read, like read web. So you would go on, you Google something, and there's like a GeoCities page where someone has written a bunch of stuff, and you read it, and you're like, okay, so that's Web one. Uh, in Web two, that's when we got all the big companies, Facebook, Twitter, all of social media, and so that's when people can start actually posting their own things and consuming other people's content. But all of that content that we've made as creators is kind of controlled and owned by these big companies because we need those platforms. They're just, it's hard to do it on your own. Now with Web3, we're moving into a place where we will actually own our content. We'll make money off of it. Um, If you think about turning something into an NFT, it's really just tokenizing it. You're taking it you're making it, you're kind of like assigning it a unique identifier and placing it out there on the blockchain, which is really just a record. And from there, it's like every time it gets sold, you know, you can make a percentage or there's a lot of different ways that this works. So really we're shifting away from allowing these big companies to own the things that we've created or just our data, which is also really valuable. This is all creations of each of us just by being a consumer and we're moving into a place where creators have more of the power and the control and another big word you'll hear with this is like centralized versus decentralized centralized is of course these big companies that kind of control a lot of this like we don't even know it but amazon web services pretty much hosts like everything out there you know they're working with squarespace they're working with every type of website host you don't even know that they're the ones who have all your stuff that you've uploaded online and so now with this decentralized web we each can host our own things um and we're not relying on these big companies for this I really appreciate this introduction because it makes sense. Like when you were talking about, okay, web one, web two, web three, and I'm like, oh my gosh, that completely makes sense. And I think that it is becoming more obvious, like how much our data is not protected in the sense that it's just like, I've imagined this, you know, I've sat with myself and been like, Kayla, like, what would you do if you (laughs) lost all of your content on Instagram or like lost your entire podcast channel? And I'm like, that would be so devastating, like absolutely devastating, but it's like, they're hosted on platforms. You know what I mean? They are, they are. And, and I feel like it's not that we'll lose all of those platforms, but they'll just kind of be an extension of something that we still own. So I've, 
I've gotten into podcasting recently too. I started a podcast a couple months ago. And so I've really been kind of diving into that and thinking about the future of that and what's the best way to do that more and still make income off of it and things like that. And, uh, it's, it's like, actually podcasting is pretty, has been pretty good because you do have it, you have it hosted by a host and then it's just in these marketplaces. And that's ideal because these, you know, distributors like Apple podcasts and Spotify, they don't own your content. They're just tapping into an RSS feed. So in a way, podcasting was kind of ahead on that, but they're trying to put it into web too, because they're all starting to produce content. And that's something that they haven't really been doing up until recently. So it's like, these shows that they're buying for millions of dollars and are exclusive on Spotify, they're getting into the game. So now they're about to mess up their algorithms so that an independent creator can't really be as successful. So podcasting is an interesting one because it actually kind of has existed in a little bit of a a web three space almost, but it's definitely, they're trying to pull it back into that web too. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's crazy. So what are some of the ways, like when you look at, you know, I guess what kind of pull in entrepreneurship here? Like, how are you tying in like web three human design, like your business? Like, what does this look like for you in your world? Yeah, I feel like the reason I am interested in web three is because for generators and manifesting generators, we want to do the stuff that we like to do. And for some people, they'll be able to find that working for someone else. And that's great for a lot of people. They probably won't. So like, if I had been, if I'd been able to just go out and find a job, like blogging about human design, I would have been like, great, like let's do that. But it just didn't exist. So that's why I think entrepreneurship is kind of important right now, because I think a lot of us will enter that space, even if that wasn't really our intention. Like I never thought of myself as, oh, I'm an entrepreneur and that's what I do. No, I work for a corporation. I, you know, I, that wasn't who I really felt I was, but it was, it just made sense that, oh, if I'm going to do this thing, I need to figure this out. And that's, what's going to allow me to do what I want with my energy all the time. So that's why I think it's really important with 70% of the the population being generators and manifesting generators, there's just going to be more and more and more people entering this space just simply because they can't find other ways to get paid for what they love to do. So that's why I think it's really important right now. Yes. Oh my gosh. And it's crazy because earlier when you were talking about how you got to the point of being so miserable before you left, you know, your, your nine to five, or you like released this corporate job that you had, that was so relatable to me because that's literally what happened to me in September. Like I left a full-time nine to five. I was a contractor, but I was still like full, full, full paycheck salary every month. And I remember my splenic six, three projector was like, what are you doing? Like, you know, he's like staring at me like, this is not what you should be doing. Like, you know, like where's your safety and security. And I was like, I don't think you understand how frustrated I am. Yeah. (laughs) It's just, it's just, it's, it's so hard to explain to somebody who doesn't have their sacral defined. Like it like hurts, you know, inside, like when you have to do things over and over and over again, you don't enjoy. It's like, what is the point? Like what I might as well. I was like, I remember saying to him, I was like, I would rather be like miserable and broke than miserable doing something I hate doing because it's still the same shit, but I might as well just have the freedom to create something else. Right. So that I found that like so relatable. And so it's true. I really think it sounds like this is going to be 
you know, not just for the creatives, but it is an outlet that really will support those who just want to create their own shit and like own it and like benefit from it. Exactly. And it's, it's like a lot of people probably don't even resonate with this concept of, oh, I'm a creative person, but I watch a YouTube channel of a girl in Canada who grooms dogs. She's a dog groomer. So she just films her dog grooming sessions. The videos are sometimes five, seven minutes long. She probably didn't go into that saying I'm a creative person, but that was just her way to share and grow her business. And I think she honestly just enjoys it. She's, I would hundred percent guess she's a sacral being just because the sort of the, the grind of that job is, is pretty intense. So yeah, it's like, we're all kind of becoming creators in web three. And that's why it's important for us to own the things that we're making. Yes. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited to share this message, like with people around that, like really starting to question, like looking into web three, looking at how you can own the things that you create and like have control over it. Cause it's like, that's something that for me, when, when was it? I guess it was last year when Instagram shut down Facebook, Instagram, yeah. WhatsApp shut down for a couple of days for hours. I can't even remember, but it was just like, <laughs> that's when people realize like, oh my God, like I'm at the mercy of a platform that I cannot control, you know? And I remember thinking at that point, that was around the time where I was like, I need to start an email list. Like this Mm -hmm. is not, I cannot just have all my eggs in one basket. And that's when I started an email list because, you know, what are you going to do? What if Instagram just pops off one day and just like doesn't start up again, right? So I think that it's, it's, it's really cool to see not even, I feel like we're shifting from the corporate world into entrepreneurship a lot, but I feel like web three is like really giving entrepreneurs or just creatives or however you want to identify somebody who creates something and wants to own it permission to be independent. You know, this, we're moving into that individualization. And I know that this is happening with the mutation in 2027 as well with, you know, the emotional solar plexus too. So it's like super interesting to see how this is all like playing out. It is. And sort of these new age prophecies of the Aquarian age, 2027, they all say the same thing, which means that to me that they're coming from this sort of higher source and just translating it in different ways. But yeah, we're all stepping into, instead of existing in a hierarchy and organizing our society in that way, we're still connected, but we're connected as a group of sovereign individuals. So it's just like more of a horizontal connection as opposed to a vertical structure. I'm loving this. I literally had a conversation this morning. I'm working on a team with Eden Carpenter and there's five of us on there together and she is the CEO of the company. But we were literally recording this episode and talking about our team dynamics and how we've leveraged human design to like really allow us to be able to have like, there is no hierarchy. It's not like she's a CEO and she tells us what to do. It's like insane. We're all sitting at the same table. We're all doing work that is aligned with our human design. The the communication is open and it's like very trusting collaborative work. And I'm like, I'm just like in awe because it's so foreign from how, you know, corporations and teamworks and things have been run. And so it's so refreshing and I feel it's so symbolic and synchronistic that you literally just brought this up right now. And I had this conversation like three hours ago. Like that's so perfect. That's amazing. Yeah. It seems like she's doing amazing things with building her business and it's exactly what you're saying. The CEO is simply just another role. It's not one that's like above everybody. It's just a different role. So everyone is just fulfilling their unique role and they all work together and it can be 
sort of horizontal in that way. Yes. Oh, so refreshing. So what is, what is next in your business? Like, what are some of the exciting things that people can look out for? And then I'm going to ask you one more question before we kind of wrap things up today, but I'll save it for after. Yeah. So right now I'm focusing a lot on a new podcast that I have called new paradigm human, where I talk about human design, astrology, sort of life purpose, just any, really anything that interests me, but it always kind of comes back to generators and manifesting generators. Cause that's one of my favorite things to talk about, at least for now. Um, and let's see, I have a big, we'll call it a long form writing project in the works right now. I don't have official permission to share about this publicly yet, but, um, that's coming like over the next year, um, which I'm really excited about. And yeah, I'm always doing just all sorts of content, emails, blogs, videos, Instagram, just trying to kind of start with creating useful information that people basically to kind of keep people company on their deconditioning journey. And then just sharing that out in as many avenues as I can and not allowing it to get too centralized in one (laughs) corporations algorithm. So that's kind of what I've been working on. Oh, I love this. And before I wrap things up today, so obviously you're going to, I'm going to put some things in the show notes and whatnot for everyone. I always love to ask this question to the people I interview. What is a piece of wisdom that you want to leave our listeners with today? Yeah, I would say this is definitely something that I have been incorporating into my life lately is whenever you're feeling pressured or anxious or unsure of something, or you don't know what to do, just taking a step back and breathing and feeling into like, what is the most me thing that I could do in this moment is just a very effective way to decondition and move forward. And it, it's just something you have to train yourself to do to always tap back into that inner guidance. And yeah, I've just found that very helpful lately. I love that. And it really is about self-trust too, right? I feel like that was a very like defined G-center thing to share. Like, what is it that you identify with? But then having that patience of that like fifth gate, you know? Yeah. (laughs) So good. Can you please share with our listeners today where they can connect with you online? And I'll put that in the show notes. Yeah, you can find me at puregenerators.com on Instagram at puregenerators. Those are the two main places where you can start. And then you can go down my rabbit hole of all the stuff I have up there. So good. Well, I just want to thank you for taking the time to have a conversation with me today. And I love this because I feel like there were so many moments where I was like resonating with you and you're resonating with me. And then you even just teaching about web three and like opening that up, like my open eyes was like, Oh, I'm so curious now. (laughs) Yeah. Thank you so much. It's been nice to be in the presence of a six line and feel like I got new perspective on things. Yes, thank you. And I want to thank the listeners today. Please be sure to give Rachel a follow on social media and check out her website and podcast and also uh, any other links that I'll, I'll tag in the show notes for you. And make sure that you subscribe to the channel and I will chat with you in the next episode.